0: Welcome to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport, bet together at WinBet. I can't believe that we're like already in December here, Cynthia, but here we are. You don't get a snowy Christmas. Maybe you've done some more holiday shopping. True or false? I've done like a fraction of it, but I'm a big
1: cookie maker. Like I make cookies for everyone, and I have a new cookie recipe that I'm really excited Ooh. about. So I feel like that's a big win, even though like the actual, I guess got to go to get the presents. Like, Oh, it's just do not I don't, I'm not a big mall person or I'm not a big like shopping person. Mm-mm.
0: But wait, hold on. What is your top? This might have to be a halftime conversation, but let's start with this. What is your top cookie of all time?
1: Well, I really have like honed in on these. Like it's a big thing. Like I'm on, on game day morning, we have like a bunch of like our crew and I make a cookie inspired by each one. And then they have to, and then I make a big table and they take the cookie and the table. And the best one is probably it's filled with caramel and it's like this brown sugar cookie that's not overly sweet, that has like a liquidy caramel center. That one's been honed pretty well over the years. But this year we got a new one, Ooh, we got a new stage manager and my new stage manager is like very Zen and cool. So I have found this cookie recipe That uses rose water and pistachios. I'm stoked. It's gonna be super exciting. What
0: what what was the first ingredient before pistachios? Rose water. Uh, What is that?
1: Basically, it's like rose infused water. So it makes it like cuts. (laughs) I know.
0: It it's gonna be great. So LA it hurts.
1: Listen, but it takes a girl from Michigan to like be super LA like that. You know, you can only (laughs) be not from LA to act like this, right?
0: Man, I, you know, usually we start with the coin toss. This is a much better way to start this podcast. Um, you know, and I know you're going to say tails, right? And we will continue the cookie conversation at halftime. I've decided. But instead of asking heads or tails this time, I just have a, a general coin toss philosophy question for you. Do your numbers suggest anything that teams should do, should either receive or defer to the second half? Is there Are there any numbers behind the strategy there?
1: There's some strategy. Now, look, some people, there's a lot, people have read really far into this. And I do think that, you know, starting the ball in the second half for a while felt like something that was a good thing for people when they were running the football more. So it was... You know that you got to then control sort of a narrative. There was this belief that you are controlling the clock to some degree. But honestly, a lot of that stuff now is actually not very helpful because we passed the ball so much in this league that you're going to get the possession. It's just, is your defense, and you don't really you can anticipate ahead of time, is my defense going to be still tired after halftime? Like, I I don't know. I, I think some of that is a little bit over, overblown. Obviously, if there's weather conditions like we saw on Monday night for that Bill's Patriots game, then you want to take those into consideration for which side of the field or where you're going. But you know, it's, it's that other than that, I know it's going to be super disappointing, but you can overanalyze the math of this a lot. You're going to get the ball back the possession. You're going to get a possession in the second half.
0: (laughs) Just one thing on that Bill's game. I mean, that was December, early December, the jets end the season in Buffalo. I'll be there. I'm a little worried about what January 9th or 10th, whatever the date is in orchard park is going to look like, but, you know, we'll I, cross that bridge when we come to it.
1: You need to get one of those Mac Jones, like, suits, like the, you know, like. <laughs> the I, scuba I, suit? Exactly. You need to get one of yeah. those. That's going to be perfect for you. Like, that would be great.
0: I, I think that would I, would, I if I went viral, I'd do it. I'd do it. I might do it anyway, even if I don't. I got to I gotta protect the extremities. You got to, you know?
1: that looked awful. I was there in the summer and it was like 150 degrees and I thought that mm. was bad. But no, 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 no. No, thank you. Like, that wind, uh-uh. That snow, yeah. nope. I grew up in Michigan. I'm done. I put in my time. I don't need to do it again. Done.
0: What is up with, like, central and western New York weather? Because, like, in Syracuse, it's snowy, it's windy, it's freezing, much like it is in Buffalo and Orchard Park where the Bills play. And then in the summer, it's disgustingly hot. Like, it's two extremes. Just give me – can we find a compromise here in these areas and just have, like, a steady, nice temperature or weather? The compromise is called –
1: Los Angeles, (laughs) that's the one. There's no humidity. Uh, It's like seventy something. (laughs) I wore a winter coat, and it was sixty five. Like ridiculous.
0: Uh, That was that was funny. That got (laughs) all (laughs) right. That's how we start off. Let's just dive right into it in the first quarter here. um, I'm going to make the executive decision. We're going to start with this. Saints offense and the Jets defense. So let's start with the Saints rushing offense against the Jets rushing defense. And this is presented by Homefield IT because it feels like this is really the name of the game for the Jets, much like it was against the Eagles before we knew that Gardner Minshew was playing, even still, even. Even before that, or even after that, should I say, you know that the Eagles had the number one rushing offense. They ran for 180-plus yards. Now the Saints come to town. Alvin Kamara has been playing recently. The two tackles haven't been playing recently in Toronto Armstead and Ryan Ramchek. Now you get Taysom Hill in the equation with a banged-up finger, and he ran for 100 yards last week. So what kind of challenges – will the jets have against the saints rushing attack with Hill and potentially Kamara and the tackles, because we don't know if they will or will not play at the time we're recording this.
1: Well, look, when you look at Taysom Hill and you watch what he does well, you remember, yes, he rushed for a hundred yards last game, But he also threw four interceptions. He threw them two against the – I mean, if you look to see, okay, under pressure, this is kind of a fun stat, but it's not, like, the most predictive of anything. But he became the first quarterback in next-gen stats history, which, by the way, is only since 2016, but it sounds better when you say next-gen stats history (laughs) to have negative yards on a – under pressure. His negative one yards under pressure. Nobody, like, that's never happened before, right? So it's actually kind of funny, whatever. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that he threw, like he got, he took a sack, right? So ultimately, at the end of the day, it's it's not super impressive, but it's funny. But if you look to see, four picks happened, you know, against the Blitz. He had three of them on downfield passes, 10-plus area art attempts. There's ways to exploit this, one using play-action. Like, it, the point is, is you can make Taysom Hill one-dimensional. Yes, his legs will constantly be a threat. But if you ha- if you force him to keep passing, they're missing a lot of passing opportunities. I mean, Michael Thomas hasn't played this entire season. I think we sometimes forget he's even on that team. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's going to be a challenge. But Taysom Hill is the main challenge. Containing him is the main challenge. And of course, Alvin Kamara is exceptional. So there's he and he's a pro- he's a problem no matter who's the quarterback.
0: And I know you love offensive linemen. Can you talk about Teron Armstead, Ryan Ramchek, How much? their absence meant to the Saints team and what the addition of those two would be, whether or not Alvin Kamara plays?
1: Yeah, so outside zone rushing, right? You A, a tackle, you have to set the edge there, right? And and then also when you look at RPOs, like the defense sort of dictates what the offense is going to do. And it, if you don't have enough time to figure out what's going on, you can't run that at all. So that will be an, uh, less available to them. Those two, Ryan Ramchek, Teron Armstead, there's a reason that they're so highly paid. You know, it's a very... They are worth their, they're worth their paychecks. So these guys are excellent. Those, you know, You're know, you going to see more of what we saw last game with the like, crazy scrambles from Taysom Hill, who is a crazy good athlete, but not great passing opportunities. And even in that run game, it's not going to be able to be designed runs. It's going to be scrambles more often.
0: All right, and the last thing here in the first quarter, can you take us through the Saints offense with Alvin Kamara and without Alvin Kamara and what the difference looks like there?
1: Well, look, you you want to talk about like records and milestones and things that have happened? It's like Alvin Kamara this year. You know, league wide, he holds a lot of those. Obviously, he's missed a few games, so you know him. And then you know, bringing back Mark Ingram is really helpful to them as well, right? So you know, the difference it really runs through Kamara. Those short yardage gains are really all things he can figure out. Those short yardage games probably I'm trying to think of someone who does it better and you kind of can't. So, you know, that, that will be those, kind of that linebacker level, like the, it'll be interesting to see the difference if, if he's, if he's not there. Right. Again, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: I'm always amazed when watching Alvin Kamara from afar, like when you see highlights just throughout his time in the NFL, it feels like When you look at him, he's not the biggest running back, and yet people just bounce off of him, and his contact balance is like through the roof. So that's something that the Jets are really going to have to – focus in on if he does in fact play again he practiced last week now the Saints are coming off that extended rest we'll see what happens but that was the first quarter presented by Homefield IT WinBet is now live in New Jersey and they're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting get in on all your favorite teams players and sports from boosted parlays to live in game odds on every major sport they have what you need to win sign up today to receive a special offer risk-free $1,000 sports bet download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning WinBet an official sportsbook and game Partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at WinBet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 270 7117. Because I wanted to be here anyway. I want to be in New York anyway. I really want to play for the Jets.
1: Like, we turn up the biggest city in the world.
0: There is no more passionate, no more fervent fan base than the entire NFL. <laughs> on to the second quarter here, you mentioned it earlier with Michael Thomas not playing this year at all. He will miss the 2021 season. Came out earlier this week. Deontay Harris suspended three games. He's the Saints' leading receiver in terms of receiving yards. And the team leader in receptions is Alvin Kamara. So let's just play hypothetical here. If Harris or Harris will not play, if Kamara cannot play as well, what kind of receiving core are we looking at? And doesn't this feed right into What the Jets want to do in limiting Taysom Hill in terms of throwing the ball to force him to be one-dimensional?
1: Well, first of all, we got to give Bryce Hall a little bit of love because he's had consecutive great games. I think he allowed 23 yards in coverage last week. Okay, we'll take that. That's wonderful. So that's great because kind of a strength of the Jets and the weakness of the Saints. So big advantage Jets there. But I mean, are you really in Marcus Callaway? Like this is, this is not a good, uh, maybe it's good for like a daily fantasy lineup. If you're looking for something very inexpensive receiver, but it does make them so one dimensional that you're going to have to figure out, okay, it is short yards. Like, you know, who can figure this out? Robert Sala. But like at the end of the day, you know, there is an escapability factor that Alvin Kamara has that makes him as in that pass catching game. Really. He's very elusive. He's very good at it. I think I asked Sheldon Rankins ahead of the season and I think, I can't remember his exact words, but he's, he's just like, he's like that guy can just slip out of everything. I think these said the word slip, slip or slippery. So, and then you go watch and you see him be slip or slippery and Sheldon Rankins would know former teammate. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Sheldon Rankins would know he was drafted by the Saints, been there, and then this is his first year not with the Saints. Sheldon Rankins did not play last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. That would be a big boost if he were able to go. You know, while we're talking about the Saints receiving core, I just want to throw out Lil Jordan Humphrey, part of the all-name team. That's a a first-team all-pro all-name. When right. we were, when I mean, we were doing
1: draft coverage, my, my, like my favorite producer at the NFL network, his name is Bill Smith, which sounds fake, but it, it that's actually his name. And he's like, <laughs> that was like one of his like all time favorite. And he was like, can we do more segments of little Jordan Humphrey? How about little Jordan Humphrey? I've never seen him be so, he's usually very like stoic and he was just very excited about that one. So it, I, I will always, I like little Jordan Humphrey. It's fun, right? Like who doesn't like a name like little Jordan?
0: Yes. I think it's fantastic. But more importantly,
1: Wait, do you know why he was named that? No. His mom, know. his dad, I believe it's his dad wanted him to be named Jordan after Michael Jordan. It's not like, no, no, no. And then she's like, Little Jordan. And then that's how they came to some compromise. It was fantastic.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: You know, fun that, fact. That's
0: a good nugget. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you, what, what I was going to ask you was not as important as this. What I was going to say is you said Bill Smith is your favorite producer between us and whoever's listening or watching this. Do the other producers at NFL network know that Bill Smith is in fact, Cynthia Freeland's favorite.
1: Well, he's kind of like a hybrid. So he does the, like, he's the next gen stats stats mm. guy. So they kind of know there. So we, we can, we have a lot of different categories of favorites, right? Like I got my, right. he's the, like we do, co- like we figure out like new content. He, we figure out like I negotiate with him what I write every week. So like we, we, you know, go head to head a lot.
0: All right. Fair enough. Play club. That was a very good answer. I put you on the hot seat there. You handled it well. Oh, I'm um, fine. Last... I think
1: those, like those people who try to tell you that they don't have favorite children, they're lying. I'm not suggesting you can't change which child's your favorite over the course of even a day, but you got to have one. That we're humans.
0: We are human. We are. That that is true. You know who might not be human is Alvin Kamara though, because yep. of his ability to break tackles. And as Sheldon Rankin said, "Slip slippery." Whatever he said, it's true. I just want to end on this before we hit halftime here in terms of if Alvin Kamara does play, you mentioned the short passes and the passing game. How much of a benefit is that for Taysom Hill if he's able to play? And then also how challenging is that for the Jets defense, not only to worry about Alvin Kamara rushing the football, but having to deal with him on screens and dump passes and in the flat and everything that comes with that.
1: So it's, it's literally like game changing, right? Because if you think about it, everybody and their brother knows that Alvin Kamara is good and going to be the subject of a lot of the volume of the offense. And why is he still able to continue to run rough shot over everyone? Well, it's because they mix up the alignments. If they can run the same play, but their the formation ahead of the play is completely different. Or they'll use motions, they'll set, they'll they'll use a lot of deceiving tricks, deception ahead of the snap to get him where he can get open. So it's a combination of, I mean, we have to kind of be like, think about it, Sean Payton's like a little mastermind. Like, what, who, What is this team he's fielding this year? And they're still winning games and they're still running, you know, four interceptions and Taysom Hill, they weren't even out of that game until like later on in the fourth quarter. So you have to give a lot of credit to the architecting of this offense to create a lot of illusions and tricks and then obviously executing it by guys like, Alvin Kamara to such a high degree that you know it's still viable. You know, most teams couldn't lose their number one ride receiver for the year and even be like, you know that that like the the cap hit alone is just ridiculous. So, you know, you gotta. It's it's a lot to do with how Sean Payton figures out how the offense works.
0: It's a great point, and especially without Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara is really the linchpin of that offense. He has been playing recently. The Saints are on a five-game losing skid, perhaps not coincidental. We'll see what happens Sunday or really throughout the week. So that brings us to halftime where I'm going to re-bring up this cookie topic here. If you were, and this is, how would you power rank like the classic cookies between chocolate chip, oatmeal, raisin, sugar, maybe snickerdoodle. Um, if I'm missing one, I mean, throw, you could throw it in there, but what, what are we talking about is the creme de la creme of the staple cookies. You
1: know, so you have to have the good chocolate chip in your arsenal. That's just, to me, that is like, you know, like they say they judge chefs on if they can make an egg. You know what I'm saying? I judge yep. cookie bakers on their chocolate chip cookie. And then all the other fun ones are good too. Like a oatmeal raisin's good. I feel like it's kind of, we need to like spice it up a little bit. I haven't made an oatmeal raisin cookie in a really long time. I don't, I, it kind of reminds me of like, like an English muffin in the morning now. Like I get like a good, uh, you know, English muffin with raisins now, but you know, I, I just think cookie like cookies have like gone off the rails, like, and I'm I'm a part of that. But you know, you have to have your classic chocolate chip, like, deal. And then I like sugar too, mostly because I think mm. they're pretty. They're they're, it, they're it's less like the, the flavor, but like they're fun to decorate. And you know, it's always a good family a good family activity to like decorate cookies. I pit my nieces against each other in cookie decorating
0: competitions. <laughs> Great. Do you have a favorite niece? I do, and
1: it switches all the time. Right now it's Maya because she likes me better right now. <laughs> right, Maya's number one right now because the other one's like, you know, 14 and too cool. Oh, I got you. All right. And how old is Maya? Works out. My Maya's only twelve, you know, she's still kind of cool. It's uh, gonna switch okay. in a minute. It'll switch, you I know. See. By the Super Bowl, Fair. it'll be back to Christine.
0: Okay. Maya and Christine really battling on and off the on and off the cookie. Well, I don't know what the analogy is. They're, they're battling for their your favorite and the favorite cookie as well. And I, I do know. agree with you. The chocolate chip is by far number one. I love the egg analogy here. You know, if I'm because this is how I view. If I'm judging like a burger or a pizza, I just want something simple to see how it compares before I go all crazy. Like people, exactly. are like, oh, you got you, you got to try this pizza. It has all this stuff on the slice. Just give me a give me a plain cheese slice or a pepperoni slice. Let me see how I like it, and then I'll tell you if I'm ready to take that next step. That's how I feel. I'm with you
1: because everyone can like put like a whole bunch of tricks in a cookie. You got to see if your your foundations, your fundamentals, need to be sound first. Then you can yes.
0: Let's bring it back to football. Exactly, fundamentals and technique need to be a one before we can start really um, exploring the offense or the defense or whatever or special teams. You know, we we should talk about special teams. Next week, book it. We're talking about special teams at Great. halftime. I have decided. We'll do it. We'll do it. Is is there any more cookie topic that you'd like to discuss before moving on to the second half?
1: Well, I think I'm going to have to figure out how to mail some cookies cross country. So you got to try yes. it too. I I'm yes. pretty excited about the 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 you know, menu is coming together really. I have to figure out a good jets one too. So maybe people can tweet me which Ooh. ones are some good, I don't follow, I loosely follow recipes, so I, I have to make them my own. I'm a weirdo like that, but like what, so people about, send me ideas. I, we could ask, the yeah, listeners could one. send me ideas.
0: Ooh. Oh, li- listeners could definitely send ideas. But what about if you did like a, some kind of sugar cookie, but it was green and white or like had like some kind of decoration that was Jetsy.
1: I mean, I, the decorations definitely going to be green is clearly my favorite color. I mean, I, my, my nails are always greeny. Like this is great. Like <laughs> this, like I, this is obviously green is no problem for me, but it's just, I'm trying to think about what's the flavor because I feel like it has to be a like, I, it can't be like some second rate cookie. It has to be like something that's like, Ooh, surprising. Like, Hmm, is there mint in ooh. there or something, you know, okay. we'll have to figure it out.
0: See the, the way I viewed it was like New Yorkers are like, they're just like, Salt of the earth, right? Maybe they they can be a little mean. I understand. Um, I grew up in New York, but I think New Yorkers just like the staple, chocolate chip. I mean, if you want to do like maybe green and white chocolate chips, maybe that's something. I don't know how one does that, but I understand you want to get a little creative. I'll sit on it. I'll think about it. We'll poll the audience and then... I just we'll feel like if I pass week.
1: off my chocolate chip cookie as something special for the Jets, everyone's going to know because, like, I already have my fundamental cookie. So I got to, I got to, I'm going to try something out. I got, okay. I got some ideas. I've got some, because pistachios, they end up being green, you know? So I, I think we can be create. We can do something here. We can do something. There, there's something, something's clicking up top
0: here, you know? Right. There, there's something there, and we will figure that out over the course of the remainder of the season. People think betting is about what you know, it's also about who you're with with the WinBet Sports Betting Casino app, you bet with Win. Ben, look at this, look at this. New York plus three and a half at home. They're 44 and 22. Greg, no New York bets. Hey. Hope you didn't bet on Boston. Shaq, did you bet on Boston? I went with Greg on this one. He has a whole system. Big payout, <laughs> mm-hmm. big payout, big payout, big payout. Mm-hmm. Big payout. Ooh, mm-hmm. Greg, Greg, Yes? What is the Greg system? I pick by color, mostly. But moving on to the third quarter now, we got to talk about this Jets offense. Let's start up front with the Jets rushing offense because the Saints rushing defense seems to be the strength of that group when you look at it statistically. They're fifth in the NFL against the run. The Jets do not run the ball very well statistically. But then you look at what the Dallas Cowboys did last Thursday night. Tony Pollard, seven carries, 71 yards. Now, he did have a 58-yard run. Then we're talking about CeeDee Lamb had one carry for 33 yards. The Cowboys as a whole ran for 146 yards on this Saints defense. So it seems like maybe there are ways to get chunk gains against the group. But what kind of challenge is this, especially without a guy like Michael Carter?
1: Well, you talked about something interesting there when you mentioned C D Lamb. Now remember, the two pieces of context from that last game are they they were some of their coaches were in COVID protocol. It was a little bit different, weird stuff. So different kind of format for how plays were being called, meaning they tried some tricks. You usually don't see C D Lamb in the backfield, right? So finding new different ways to use the current players given all of the injuries, I think that could be something interesting here we obviously saw tevin coleman be like the the volume guy and the guy who was the the subject of the volume of the offense so maybe something interesting there because there's a lot of know we we've seen him be useful in a lot of different types of ways in the past so i think that you're on to something there with like don't try to traditional run up the you know a gap against you're just not gonna that's not gonna work right like they're really fundamentally sound in the middle especially so this is a good run and demario davis is one of my like obviously jets fans know him really well like one of the like best humans on the planet too. So watch him against the run. It's, it's really a thing of beauty. So run away from him, go on the other side. And I know it's more in the passing deep uh, offense that this matters, but Cam Jordan may or may not play, but if there's no Cam Jordan, like outside zone rushing, like way better if you're not, because Cam is stay away from him.
0: Stay away from Cam. And also uh, we should talk about Marcus Davenport. He's a guy that's missed the past couple games with a shoulder injury. So there's a potential that Davenport and Cam Jordan, who was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list earlier this week, there's a chance both those guys could be out, which could obviously behoove the Jets. But the Jets only ran the ball 17 times last week after rushing for, I believe, north of 25 or 30 against the Texans. I understand different ball games the Jets were playing from behind or try you know trying to remain in the game here against the Eagles especially in the second half the Jets had to throw the ball a lot they only had 3 plays in the third quarter and we'll talk about that but what about the commitment to the run that you saw 2 weeks ago to the with the Jets in Houston that didn't occur against the Eagles you think maybe they should turn back to that that could behoove the offense or it doesn't really matter it's really just about the short passes that we've talked about before
1: remember that runs of course short passes that approximate runs are important but remember time matters a lot if the defense is on the field constantly it's very difficult and i understand that the game script flows that you have to throw more and then you're playing from behind and it becomes like it's this negative cycle that makes it worse and worse so a commitment to the run especially early if you can slow the pace of the game a little bit so that it's not you know, three and out, or it's not. You know, if it doesn't work, then you you get a few you get a few extra minutes of figuring it out because I think what we have seen in at the beginning of the game was great. Like Zach Wilson looked amazing last week, and the way that it started off was really strong. And the problem was, is it didn't adapt for like it, it seemed like you were you needed to throw more because the score got out of hand. But maybe it would have been a little bit more beneficial to commit to run a little bit more so that the defense didn't have to be on the field so often.
0: And, you know, I think we should just dive right into it. Let's just go right into the fourth quarter, talk about this Jets passing offense. Zach Wilson, to your point, great in the first half. The offense only had three plays in the third quarter. Then you're playing from behind. He had an over to, like, 134 pass
1: passer rating in the first half. Like that's better than like, okay. <laughs> right? Like it started off good. No, no, yeah, it started off so. awesome. Like that was great.
0: So what did you see from Zach then? in the first half that maybe didn't adapt to the second half, but maybe is an encouraging sign moving forward.
1: Well, first of all, this is a difficult defense. Like the Eagles defense doesn't like the people, I don't know what it is, but it seems like narrative wise, we only hear about Jalen Hurts. And then of course in this game specifically because it switched to Gardner Minshew, what felt like at the last second, of course that's what what the the storyline's going to be. And then the commitment to the run that Whatever we talk about offense a lot more than defense, but the Eagles' defense deserves some credit here because they're very strong defense. And I feel like what happened was is they started off the game strong. The preparation usually those you know the first fifteen plays or first twenty plays are scripted part of the game. That's all preparation. That's all stuff that you've done in practice all week long, which means they're having really sound, solid practices. And then what what happened was is their defense just was able to adapt. Wilson's a rookie. This is very difficult stuff to look at, right? Like, you're what are you seeing on the field, right? How are you seeing it? And then, basically, then the game script became harder and harder, and it it didn't it didn't um, it didn't turn around to be where it could become. Oh, I I see this now. I, I don't know what he's seeing. I'm just looking at it as an outsider, being like, he clearly had a command of what he was doing in the first half, right? Like we could all see it. In the second half, I think the defense just adapted their game really, really strongly, and they're a very good defense, as defenses do, and then the game script kind of got away from from the Jets.
0: And so then let's move this forward here. Talking about the Saints group, Marshawn Lattimore, very good player. The secondary also has Marcus Williams, who is a good player, but also known for the the, uh, Minnesota Miracle. I hate to bring that up, but that's kind of what he's known for. If you're a casual NFL fan and the guy that missed Stefan Diggs and then Minnesota one anyway, what do you think about this group? And especially without Corey Davis now for the remainder of the year, what kind of challenge does that present?
1: Fire up Jamison Crowder. No, look, I think one, one really positive thing. I really like, I really like watching Elijah Moore. Now, I saw him at the end of the game. I'm, I am not look like he's 100% healthy, but it is worth noting that since week eight, it, this guy's, what, 34 receptions, 459 yards, and five touchdowns. That eclipses, if you add together what Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase have done since week eight, there's more touchdowns than them combined and more receiving yards. Point being, there's a lot of bright spots here, but health is everything, right? If Without Corey Davis, it becomes... More difficult without like a hundred percent health of, of everyone, it's very difficult. So I'm I'm interested to see how a guy like James A. Crowder responds in the situation. And then we saw some tight end situation work out yesterday or yesterday, last week as well. So I think that could tricks fun. Make it fun. Like why not have some fun with it?
0: I agree with that. And you know, th- this is exactly I think the Jets in the off season remember. They signed Key, a guy like Keelan Cole. They obviously signed Corey Davis. They draft Elijah Morris. Like, man, these are, these are a lot of receivers that the Jets now have. Well, it's for reasons like this. When you get banged up in the room and then you have guys who play in their spots, but also have had successful NFL careers. Keelan Cole was not active last week. He was on the reserve COVID-19 list. Robert Salas said he hopes to get Keelan Cole back in the mix. So I just kind of want to rewind the clock here. I know Keelan Cole hasn't had a a game where he's been the guy, but what did you see from Keelan Cole maybe last year or over the course of his career that makes you believe he can step in and be a viable option for Zach Wilson and also a guy like Denzel Mims coming back, getting his legs underneath him again after he was on the reserve COVID-19 list. What what do you bank of this group in particular, and particularly Keelan Cole, that they're able to handle situations like losing Corey Davis this year, as opposed to prior years where they were not in this situation?
1: I mean, the answer is speed for me. Like they, these are quick guys with ability to get their hips in the right spot, right. In the right direction and run in the right direction. We, we kind of make a lot of noise about people's like, you know, their, their downhill speed, right. Like the 40 times or whatever, but, what really matters is if you're in the right direction at the time that the ball arrives, like you have a much better chance of earning extra yards after the catch. And that's a big deal. So you look like a guy like Keelan Cole. He's very speedy on the field. He gets where he needs to be. He gets open. He creates separation. That's great. So I think he's kind of an untapped potential, right? We don't know exactly how good he can be yet, but we've seen some flashes. Same thing with Mims. I mean, speed is clearly not a problem for him, right? So when it comes to those things, it's it's very interesting. And then I, I keep coming back to like, you know, Jameson Crott, you got to figure out the slot. The slot in the, the modern game this year, at least in the past five years, at least slot recep- receiving has been really important because for whatever reason, that seems to be like the the way that the schemes are working, right? Like there are tricks to the slot and, you know, use the center of the field a little bit more. Higher probability passes typically go from to people who are running the routes that come from the slot alignment.
0: All right, and that's a perfect way to end this edition of the Game Preview podcast presented by Winbet Betting is a team sport bet together at Winbet and uh, I just want to say enjoy your uh your predictable weather. That's all I got to say. I mean, it's supposed to be 60 over here on Saturday, Cynthia. I mean, we're talking about some serious December heat.
1: Listen, I love that weird like week in December, January that's like Like you know, you're like, oh, it's and everyone in New York is like outside in shorts and flip flops, and everyone thinks it's like South Beach for the week. It's hilarious. It's my favorite.
0: (laughs) In Chicago, people were even
1: crazier. When I lived in Chicago, it would be like 55 people like, I'm going to Lake Michigan. You're like, no,
0: no. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're like, what are you doing here? In Syracuse, when it got north of 40, like after the winter, you would see shorts, tank top, flip flops. Like, what what are we doing here? Like, I understand, (laughs) just just a long sleeve T shirt. And, you know, a light hoodie is fine. You don't need to go extreme. (laughs) But like I said, like I said, Central New York, Western New York, it's all about the extreme weather. Luckily, the Jets play the Bills at the end of the season, so we don't have to talk about that. Unlucky for me, who's going to have to be there. Again, that's how we end this episode. Cynthia, enjoy your cookie making, and we'll check in next week. I'm going to start Googling some wetsuits for you.